if you're a former model from Dublin, it's going to be harder to get the votes yeah. because people from Dublin don't vote, women don't vote for women. People yeah. are going to think all the stuff I said before, Ash, look at this one, she's model, la la. In a way, God, that's like bad odds against you. To I know. You. You I was were like, kind of I, up against it when, I you, know. when you put it out like that. I said like. it to my mum. I was like, I wish I was a golf player from Kerry. Yeah. And she's like, you don't though. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Welcome to Girls With Goals, I'm Neve Marr and on today's show, a little bit later on, I'll be joined by sisters Eliza and Evie Ward of Nutshed. But first, I'm thrilled to welcome my guest this week, Holly Carpenter is here with Hello. me. Holly, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. First time? Yeah. What do you think? It's lovely in here. Oh, thank it's you. very cosy. We're going to start the same way we start every show. So it's our game and it's for anybody who listens to the show or who watches now mm -hmm. who doesn't know who you are. So you have to describe yourself in six words or less. Okay. I think that's very difficult to oh, do. Oh, I know. I love it. It's so awkward. You're like, oh. But um, I would say probably creative, thoughtful, impatient, sensitive, you can't really say you're funny. You can't be like, I'm gas, but I'll say funny. Okay, My friends good. would say I'm funny and then honest. Oh, right, okay. That's yeah. Good. You could say you're funny, I think. But then it's, there's pressure now. Do you think you're funny? or well, I laugh at my own jokes. Okay. So, like, <laughs> then I think I'm gas. I think if you're making yourself laugh, then that's yeah, pretty much half the battle, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the word you said in, the, in say them again? There was one oh, that I picked up creative, on. thoughtful, impatient. Impatient. Yeah. Why are you impatient? I, I think it's crippling how impatient I am. Really? Yeah, it's something I'm trying to work on as I get older, but, like, walking behind slow walkers, being stuck at a red light for too long, myself like thinking that something isn't progressing enough like whether it's with the gym or with business or something I'm like oh, really? but I just have to like breathe. So you get impatient like if you're out in public and like in, if you're in a queue or something yeah. and someone doesn't move I get pretty like that Yeah well. if you're in the queue in Zara or something like or you know yeah. <laughs> I don't, red lights kill me as well I thought it was going to be late this morning but yeah and then you have to just breathe and go I'm, I'm not in control of this situation it's yeah, fine but it is tough. The slow walkers thing like no. It's ridiculous. I know. And the more tourists... So you're just no. like trying to go like this way and trying yeah, to get this way. Yeah, because you can't just be like, excuse me, can I just overtake you? Because Irish people are too awkward to do I that. I know, yeah. They're like Sunday drivers, but on the footpaths. Yeah, so I know. It's incredibly infuriating. Um, so I guess I want to talk to you about everything. So, I mean, you've been in the public eye for quite a while now. Yeah. So everybody kind of knows you and, and knows how you started off. Um, so I suppose I kind of want to go back a little bit further. And, like, we all kind of got to know you when you became Miss Ireland. That mm. was like the real big thing for us. Um, but what about when you were younger? Like, what did you want to be when you were a grown-up, essentially? Yeah, I think, well, like, at a very young age, it would have been like, I want to be a pop star or an actress or whatever. Oh, really? I was always really, like, always kind of doing little shows and making outfits and mm. performing and stuff like that. Um, and then... As soon as I got into primary school properly, I realised that art was my complete outlet. I just love painting, designing, everything like that. So the minute I went to secondary school, I found out about the National College of Art and Design mm -hmm. on Thomas Street. And I was just like, I want to go there. I want to be a designer. I, and it was between jewellery, lingerie or interiors. Mm -hmm. I was never going to try and get into like fashion right. completely because I just felt like it was so huge. I thought it was like, you know, those were my avenues. But um, it was... Then I started my portfolio in fifth and sixth year. I was doing portfolio classes after after school study. And um, that was just my goal to get into that college. And that was like I had tunnel vision with that. So then for me, the CAO and stuff like that wasn't too important because it was right. all based on your portfolio. And then you obviously had to pass maths and Irish and stuff like that. But you find out whether you're accepted or not. So I think the year that I applied, they got between 1,250 like you know, they got over a thousand applicants and there's 110 places so I found out that I got in before I did my leave insert so I was like grand I don't Amazing. need to study my <laughs> mum was like you do kind of still need to study so I was mm. like oh yeah sure so yeah I got into NCAD and then for me it was just about design 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 so that was in 2010 yeah that's yeah. incredible so I never really knew that so you had a very clear like path for your career and then were you scouted or what happened with the modelling? How did that kind of come about? Yeah, it was so strange because, I mean, I've always loved, like, I remember I was 15 and I entered a model search competition and I got into the final of that. But that was more, it's always just been a source of fun and, mm. like, I'll try this, I'll try that. And that's kind of how anything I've done has come about, of just being curious and yeah. trying to dip my toe in the water. But when I was in college, I remember I had a breakup and I was just like, you know, when you're, like, 18, you think it's a huge deal to have a breakup. And my, my best friend at the time was like, look, there's a, a competition Miss Universe 
university and if you win you get a pair of designer jeans oh, and obviously brilliant. I was broke like yeah. in college spending all my money on like paint and all the bits you need so I was like grand yeah I'll do that I love a pair of jeans so I, I ended <laughs> up <laughs> love new pair of jeans so I ended up winning Miss University and then they were like great now you're in the final of Miss Ireland and I hadn't really thought it through and I was like okay and then so I kind of, I got a model agency, started doing a few bits and bobs. A lot of it at the beginning wasn't paid. It was just test shoots and stuff yeah. like that. But um, it was really exciting. Mm. And it was kind of giving me something, you know, outside of college that was just like still creative. But I was getting to meet incredible people, like yeah. getting to meet photographers, designers, all these people that friends in, in my course would have loved to get to meet, you know. Yeah, so I was like, this is amazing. And then... Obviously, the Miss, Miss Ireland final came around and then the, the papers found out that Terry Keane was my grandmother. Okay. Um, and Terry was obviously a, a, a big gossip columnist back mm. in the day and had an affair with Charlie Hawhey and everything like that. So there was huge interest in me then. They were like, you know, Terry Keane's granddaughter is in wow. Miss Ireland. And did, did, like when that kind of happened, because I remember that happening, yeah. were you a bit like oh crap or were you like did you ever expect that they might like connect those two and kind um, of create a story around well, it? Well I, I kind of presume it never really entered my head and then which was probably naive of me but I remember I came home to my mum one day and I was like mum one of the photographers took my picture and said oh you're Terry's granddaughter aren't you and my mum was like okay well just get ready for tomorrow's papers and I was like what but I do remember when I was younger seeing her in the paper and like being with her and I remember when she went on the late late and there was all that drama and yeah. everything and we had to all go to Kerry and stuff like this so I was like okay I kind of get it but um I still it kind of brought a little bit of tension between me and the girls and the rest of the pageant because right. they were like oh she's getting so much press like she's probably just gonna win now because Terry's her granddaughter and I was just like oh this is really not ideal but at the same time if people are going to talk about you and take your picture and everything like that, it's not really within your control. Yeah. So I just went with it and like I'm proud to be your granddaughter. So it wasn't like this big negative thing. Exactly. But um, yeah, so that was that. And then the minute I won Miss Ireland, everything just changed my whole life. And then with Miss Ireland, like it, it is, uh, would you call it? I mean, it's a pageant. Yeah. So would you call it a beauty pageant? Or? I guess that's what it is. Yeah. It's kind of what it is. Right? I know. It's so funny. It's like a beauty pageant. It sounds so kind of cringy. I like, feel like, well, because I think there's this Americanized version of what beauty pageants are. Yeah. And then like here we have them as well, because obviously, you know, then there's Miss Universe and it, it yeah. goes bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but going from like maybe doing bits in college and, and doing the odd kind of test shoot to essentially being a beauty queen, like what was that like? Were you a little bit wary of maybe having that crown, like figuratively yeah. and literally as well? I think I was so excited about it and like so proud to have won something yeah. because aside from getting into college, I wasn't big into sports or anything like that. So my brother would always be getting like trophies and medals at football and all this kind of stuff. So I'd never really won anything. Okay. So I was delighted, but I didn't realize how much it would change people's perception of me so quickly. Yeah. Like I kind of went from being an art student that like everyone knew as someone who didn't take themselves too seriously, was like creative and fun and everything. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you're Miss Ireland. And you must be really up yourself. You must be a bit stuck up. You must think you're deadly. Yeah. You know all this stuff, and like that was kind of tough. But like I had my my core group of friends, and I was like, Do you know what, you guys know me. Doesn't matter if I get like something written about me or someone writes something on the mm. internet. It's not. It doesn't make it true. But I think when you're 19 and you're in the papers and you're getting like sack the stylist or your agency is telling you you've gained weight or your skin's not great or you know there's so much pressure that Jesus comes with Christ, it like, at 19 so yeah. and then obviously I, by the time I, I just turned 20 and I flew off to Miss World yeah uh, which was amazing um it was three weeks long in London but because you have girls from like so many different countries um, we all had a chaperone okay. so for three weeks you have this chaperone and you have to be like can I go to the bathroom and then they're like, okay, no, what? Yeah, literally, I'm like, can I please go to the bathroom? I, I oh, actually Holly, I hate, no, I hate being told what to do, especially with a simple yeah. thing like that. And they're like, could you just wait? Because we need to see if like, if Miss Israel needs to wee and Miss England is in there. And I'm like, <laughs> oh but God. I need to go. But like, it actually was so incredible because yeah. I made all these friends and mm. I'm still really good friends with them. Like as in, I've seen Miss England so many times, but um, the rest of us are just kind of keeping in touch online and yeah. like, you know, but um, Miss World was a mad experience. I would say so. I mean, did you have any kind of aspirations or like, do you obviously, I mean, not saying that did you think you were going to win, but like something of that magnitude. I mean, what, you came like 46 or something as yeah, well, which is pretty there was like, fucking good. Yeah, it's actually grand. Yeah. I'll take that. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I'll take that. I have no extensions. <laughs> I went to flick my extensions and they're not there. But um, yeah, and like, 
It was mad, but I think my odds were really high. I was in mm. the top five online on all the betting things, yeah. and I was like, okay. But then I got there, right? I look back at how naive I was. I didn't have eyelash extensions. I didn't even have, like, I don't know if I had a spray tan. All my clothes were just like, you know, pennies, H&M, la, la, la. I was like, yeah. this is great. Got there, All most of the girls had boob jobs, nose jobs. They had, like, six suitcases full of gowns. They'd wear one outfit to breakfast, one to lunch, one to dinner. It was like, they've been trained at pageant yeah. school, especially the South American girls. So I don't think Ireland has a pageant school. No, we don't. Or, so like yeah. gradually I formed this group and we were all the smokers <laughs> at the time and we'd just be outside like this gas, isn't it? Like, you know, and it, we just kind of knew what it, we took yeah. it for what it was. We got mm. to go to Cambridge University. We got to go to Scotland and go on all these open top bus tours. And like yeah. the memories are amazing. But I think once I got there, I was like, I'm actually enjoying it so much more than Miss Venezuela because for her, this would change her whole life. Oh. And it means the world to her because yeah. she's come from poverty. She's an orphan. Like, and to have that kind of backstory, I can't compete with that. Yeah. She's like, I'm an orphan. I was raised by nuns. And she's like, looks like a supermodel. So I was like, well, I'm from Ireland. Like, I don't know what to say. You know what yeah. I mean? It was great crack though. And it, it, yeah. it, it kind of opened so many doors for me to come back and like to be able to say I represent my country and something is amazing. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who'll say beauty pageants are sexist. They're pointless. You know, they're this and that. But like for me, feminism is about letting women do what they want to do. Yeah. I wanted to do it. So no one should tell me that I can't. Absolutely. And like there obviously was the bikini round and all that kind of stuff, which I think Miss World has actually gotten rid of now. I think, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they've kind of like, they're, they're definitely trying to step away from that kind of element of it yeah. in certain fields. And then in other fields, they're not. And like nobody's dragging those women out onto the stage. That's what, no, I, exactly. that's what I kind of think of sometimes. Like, because I've been in debates about them before and I've spoken about them mm. before. And I do think it's like you said, I mean, who, who is to say that you can't do this or who's to say that this is a certain brand exactly, of feminism yeah. so I mean when you came back then or like after that whole thing I would you know when sometimes like sure you know yourself like with the amount of shows that you've been on and stuff how there's a little bit of a down and oh, a bit of a crash after yeah, something so huge like that I don't know if I really got that much of a crash after Miss World because I was I don't know maybe I was a little bit mentally like I felt, I don't know, I think I went from having three weeks of being so chaperoned mm. and, you know, so minded and everything that I remember walking down Grafton Street and just being a bit jumpy. You could pee on your own time. I could, I could actually go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. when I wanted, yeah. Um, but I was kind of just delighted. I was so looking forward to just seeing my friends, going on college nights out, wearing yeah. tracksuit bottoms, like not feeling so judged mm. all the time. And like, I put myself in that position. So I can't say, oh, poor me, they were judging me. I knew that was going to happen. But I just felt like sitting down at breakfast with 10 girls who are so incredibly good looking it was impossible not to compare myself to everyone every course, single day yeah. and I think they were probably doing that too so we're all just like in the same boat but you kind of forget that at that age when you're 20 you're just yeah. like oh she's so beautiful and you're just like oh god so when you come home it's nice to just get a dose of reality and like because I'm so close to my family like I would never get away with getting big headed or anything because they'd mm. be the first ones to knock me right back down and I yeah. think I've been lucky to have that because I never believe my own hype if someone's like you're amazing I'm just like oh my mum's like oh yeah well blah you know she'll slag me so yeah. that's good but I think Three years later, when I did Britain's Next Top Model, that was way tougher. Really? 100%, yeah. And was that something that you decided to go for yourself or were your agents? Because, like, when you got back, you weren't Holly Carpenter, NCAD student no. anymore. Like, you, your life had changed, you know? Yeah. You were in the public eye mm -hmm. and people were writing about you and, and stuff like that. So, like, did you kind of make a, a conscious decision to, okay, I'm going to run with this and see how it goes? Or did you want to just go back to college and, and um, focus on design more? It was weird. I, try, I took a year out when I was Miss Ireland so I could focus on everything. And I'm glad I did because I kind of prefer to give one thing 100%. Yeah. Um, but I tried to go back to college then and because I'd missed a year, I was in a group of people I'd never met before yeah. and they all knew uh, that I was in the papers and stuff like that, which was fine, like, you know, but the course was nine to five, Monday to Friday, and I'd get a call, like, you have a shoot tomorrow, it's a two-day shoot, or you have this and that, and I'd come in. And, like, if it was the kind of course where you just had to, like, you know, read as much as you could and remember things and do exams, that'd be fine. But mm. they were asking me for fabric samples, my scrapbooks, my mood boards. Yeah. And I was like, I can't just do that on the train. You know what I mean? So I felt, and it was actually kind of damaging for my self-esteem then, because I felt like I was stressed at photo shoots about college. I was going into college without stuff done. Yeah. And I never felt like I was doing anything well. So it just wasn't. So yeah, yeah. I ended up dropping out, but it was kind of funny because when I went to drop out, I was like, I'm actually, you know, dropping out. And they're like, we actually thought you already had. Oh my God, I was like... <laughs> I didn't realise how much I'd missed. I was like, okay, well, I'll just leave now. <laughs> so that was a bit awkward. But then I left and I was like, okay. So then I went to do oh Britain's Next Top Model. And I had actually watched it and I'd seen at the end of the credits, if you want to apply. Yeah. And this was like the year before and I just sent an application for him and all yeah. that. So then when I got the call, 
um, I just went over to London and you have to do like three rounds of interviews and auditions because they get like hundreds and yeah. thousands of girls, not hundreds of thousands, they get like hundreds of girls in each place in, in the UK. Yeah. Um, but they said to me that because it's a pre-recorded show, if anyone found out about it here um, and it was in the papers, they'd just edit me out and cut me out. So I didn't tell my agency, didn't tell my friends, told nobody. And when I got the call to say that I was going on the show, I told everyone that I was going to Manchester to do a jewellery course. And they were like, all right. And then suddenly I went over there. They take your phone. You have no contact with the outside world. You get two phone calls home a week and they're half an hour long and you're on camera and it's recorded. So you've no, like, and my friends were ringing me going, how's Manchester? Have you got accommodation? What's the course like? Yeah. I wasn't answering because my phone was off. So when you were on the phone, or when you were on the show, you still couldn't say no. to anybody that you were on the show? Nothing, yeah. That's crazy. And my mum was like, we did not think this through because all my friends were ringing her going, where's Holly? Like, yeah. she hasn't put anything on Instagram. Like, yeah. you know, my, my Instagram was dead. My agency was kind of going, because I didn't want, I knew people would talk and it would get in the papers. Yeah. So I, I had to just lie. And like, I hate lying. It just doesn't sit right with me. But I was like, it's not for forever, yeah. whatever, like that. So and they'll understand when yeah. they understand like what, what exactly. it is that you were doing. And so that show must have been obviously very different to, you know, the, the world of like the pageants before. Yeah. Because it's a TV show. Mm -hmm. So like, you've got those producers. And yeah. although there's a competition and there's an end goal, um, I always look at them and I'm just like, God, that part was so produced. You oh, know? I know. And I mean, like, what was that experience like for it you? It was so crazy. I think because I was lucky going into it that I had a bit of a background with the media. So I was mm. quite aware with what the producers were doing. Yeah. Some of the other girls were like, one of the girls was 18. You know, like they were, if they said, oh, you know, we heard Holly saying that your hair wasn't very nice at the shoot. Will you go in and ask her about that? And they'll just believe it and go in and be like, I don't know. And like, they love yeah, creating drama. That's it. But I kind of realised I had been typecast as the bitch because I was just like, do you know what? Blah, blah, blah. Like I was saying what I thought. But yeah. I realised, right, I knew I wasn't, like, modelly looking enough to win. Right. Even though I lost so much weight before I went on. I was a rake going into that show, like, which yeah. was kind of miserable at the time. But I was so focused on it. I knew I had to be skinny because in my head it was like, London models are so thin. Yeah. So I was just completely obsessed with that. And I went over and um, the... Yeah, I was typecast as a bitch, but I knew that that would getting involved in the drama would keep me on the show for longer. Wow. So I didn't really care. Like I was right. just like, if it gets me three more episodes on the show, that's yeah. fine. I'll have a bit of a, a bit of drama. I don't mind. So that was kind of funny because one day, and did, did you know that they were kind of doing that? Yeah, though? like Alan right, Pearson okay. did not like me. Yeah, I remember that. She didn't. She, what like was her the deal? hashtag Leave Holly Alone was actually trending. I, I remember that. She yeah. just, I think she thought she thought you were commercial. Yeah, or she didn't think that you were modelly. No, enough. and I was like, fine. But it seemed like whenever you got it was it was a bit personal. I think, and some of the stuff she said before the camera would go on was so cutting and then it would go on and you're like and she's like my beautiful girls and I'm like you are a weapon <laughs> like she knew I didn't really like her as well so it was a bit like it's probably a bit back and yeah, forth yeah I think she wanted us to be like completely in awe of her and in a way we were but she was just she was quite cold off yeah. camera and I didn't I saw I I wasn't gonna kiss her ass yeah do you know what I mean I was like that's fine but, um, so she wasn't very, like, I do wonder, because, I mean, you watch things like America's Next Top Model yeah. and stuff like that as well, and you see Tyra Banks there, and she's, like, talking like that about how much she loves her girls, yeah. and they're, like, only six feet away from her. I always wonder what it's like when the cameras yeah. go off. Like, do you know who was so, so lovely was Danny Minogue. Okay. She was consistently lovely. Like, she yeah. came to the house one night, and she brought us all pajamas. There was no cameras on. She sat in the, on, the, on the beds with us. Like, we had uh, ten girls in single beds in a row, we were all mic'd and we had producers and lights on us. Like it was like being in a hamster cage. But she'd come in and she'd just chat to us and like she was just so lovely. Yeah. But I think I just didn't really click with Elle. Like one time we did a fairy tale shoot and all of the girls were princesses and I was a wicked witch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. But then I just like played to it. I was like, that's fine. I'd rather be a villain. Like it's cool. You get dark makeup. I was just like, nothing could really throw me. Yeah. But when I came home from it, I was just completely all over the shop. I actually yeah. think I should have probably like gone in somewhere. Really? <laughs> like I literally, I just was so rattled. Like yeah. I, I, I suddenly had my phone again. My agency was like, you lied to us. You, you didn't tell us where you were going. Yeah. The papers were like, where are you on Britain's Next Top Model? And I couldn't tell them. My friends were like, why didn't you just tell me? I suddenly was like, I didn't really have like something to work for. So I was like, oh, finally now I can eat. So then yeah. I was just like eating and eating because I was so anxious. Yeah. So like the whole thing was just really stressful. It seemed like what they asked of you was actually really unrealistic and yeah. kind of unfair to yeah. ask somebody to 
completely lie to everybody I know. In, in their lives. And the amount of pressure it put on, yeah. you know what I mean? And then also, because I had a boyfriend at the time, so the only, I could, I could only choose who would I call my mum or my boyfriend while I was there. Yeah. And then, you know, coming home, it was just... It was weird, but like then again, I sound like I'm giving out about it. I was the one who chose to do the show. I yeah. loved it, and it was incredible. So, but I feel like Holly, you're kind of the person who, like, like you said, you had a bit more understanding about yeah. the media when you were going in. Like, what was the competition element of it like when you were there, like in the beds with like the nine other girls there? Like, um, were there were there girls there who were unaware of the fact that they were probably being slightly manipulated for TV yeah, cameras? Yeah, completely. And there was girls going, you know, maybe after this, like, I could do, like, Paris Fashion Week or I'd love to go to a casting for Chanel and stuff. And I was like, this, sorry, like, hun, but this isn't reality, actually about modelling. This TV is a reality show. TV show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I didn't think it was going to make me a supermodel and yeah. I didn't, but there was girls there who did. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of, it was annoying because, like, we did an underwater shoot, which was amazing, in this massive tank where they filmed some of the scenes from James Bond. Yeah. And, like, I can't really swim, and I was so I just, nervous. Whenever I see those underwater oh, things, like, was... I'm sorry, I look like a crazy person oh. when I get in any way wet. It's like, so how hard do you guys to, look I don't like know. And pretty underwater. And opening your eyes underwater and no, everything. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I remember, like, we, we shot that for about an hour, and one of the pictures they picked of the girl who went home, her eyes were closed, and they were like, you know, you just weren't opening your eyes. And I was like, she definitely had her eyes open yeah. for a few of those shots. Like, you just kind of, you can pick the worst picture yeah. and then send someone home quite easily. Um, Absolutely, But yeah. yeah, it was fun. Like, we got to do photo shoots with snakes and, like, loads of amazing things that, like, but I never, even when I was scared, I was, because I had been modelling, I knew yeah. that you just get in, get the job done. And then there was girls who'd cry and be like, I have a phobia of snakes, I can't swim. And I was like, I can't swim either, but, like, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. So that was why I kind of got into arguments, I think, with yeah. people, because I was just more like, let's get in, have fun and get it done. A little bit more matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, but I think when you're Irish and you kind of have this sense of humour where you slag people, yeah. sometimes people don't think it's funny. Oh, yeah, no, I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah. noticed that. When you go to different countries, I know. they don't pick They're up like, on it I as much. I think that was really harsh, and I'm like, I thought it was gas. We're going to take a little break now because I want to come back and I want to talk about your business mm -hmm. and, and things that are happening for you now. Um, so earlier today, I was joined by two sisters who are the owners and founders of Nutshed, which is a company that is pretty much taking over the whole foods and plant-based scene. So enjoy. I'm joined in studio now by sisters Evie and Eliza Ward, aka Nutshed, which specializes in whole foods, superfoods, plant-based treats, and basically all the good stuff for your body and soul. So you're very welcome to the show. Thank you so Thanks much for, for having, having us. us. So I want to talk about Nutshed, obviously, and I'm going to try and get through this interview without opening the bag of goodies that so are we'll on the ground. Like eating the whole way through. <laughs> but to be honest with you, it's distracting, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but let's go back first and talk about you guys growing up and how food became such a central part of your lives. Um, well, yeah, our parents have a speciality food shop in Nina for, like, was it 37 years? 38 years, yeah. yeah like, so we've just, we've grown up kind of in the food like industry. Yeah. <laughs> so God, when you think of the age that they were when they started it. But um, they really focus really heavily on kind of the same ethos we have adopted, which is just like sourcing food, working with producers, and just like the core, core elements Being conscious of food. about what's on your table, I think, was like what they were started to do. So like engaging with other makers yeah. and uh, opening their shop up to the community of like people who had crab apples growing in their garden would bring them in and we'd make crab apple jelly or um, I guess like our shop was kind of an extension of our house. Yeah. So us dining in our shop was like having people in our homes. So like hospitality is kind of in our core and feeding people like we're feeders with our friends everywhere we go. We bring bags of food. So like it was kind of inevitable that we'd always end up working in food. Yeah, it's kind of as well, like with the kind of ethos that they have, um, food isn't a hobby. Food isn't... A trend. A trend. Food yeah. isn't, food is like the most core element of living. Do you know? Yeah. So you eat seasonally, you eat with your mood, like we were saying, you know, and with living in Country Choice and growing up there, when we started like getting old enough to work, we were like clearing a few tables. And then when I was 11, um, you would always help mom making jam and stuff. Mommy would make like thousands of pots of marmalade every year. We, uh, she actually made the jam at home 
in our house and it would be like jams and chutneys, basically whatever was in the hedgerows. Like yeah. mum and dad would be driving like through the countryside and they'd see something growing or like an orchard or something in an old yeah. cemetery and they would like I, I forage them, I suppose, but that wasn't like foraging wasn't it like... It wasn't trendy. It wasn't yeah. trendy, yeah. So they would bring it back and just make, you know, like a, a special edition of a product that was available at the time. But mum would make that with us kind of like on her hip. Yeah. As it, at, we were like babas, like, and she would just be like stirring the pots. And then we got older, we'd realise that, okay, like we, our chores could be sealing them or labelling them or helping her wash up at the end. So like that, it was just like, that was our way of life. Our mentality was working like food we were constantly working at home yeah in some way or another and it wasn't an ordeal or it wasn't a hardship it was like our way of life I guess like. and I mean you said there Evie that it wasn't necessarily trendy at the time no. um, but your parents obviously they were working as a partnership and was that something that they discovered the love of when they were together as a couple or, or how how well, did country choice come about in the well, first place? Well our dad comes from um, an agricultural background okay. so his family are cattle dealers and farmers do you know so he grew up with a really strong understanding of buying from a farmer, buying from a producer and like working with what you have and just like, you know, he talks about his father coming home from trips um, with bags of food. You know, he'd been around the country and like taking out all the ingredients on the table and just like being so excited to see what kind of bounty he was after coming home from, from whether like it was up in Smithfield or down yeah. in Kerry, you know. It's like when people talk about um, Ireland not having a food culture or Ireland finding their food culture, our, our, our dad's like, what? Like yeah. we, you know, our granny kept geese and um, in my mom's side there was like soda bread made every morning and raspberry jams and things, you know, there was things being made. They weren't Instagramming yeah. it. That's yeah, that's yeah. The and they weren't the yeah. only ones. That's yeah. the thing. Do you know what I mean? They, they weren't the only ones doing it. So it just like, it kind of has always been second nature to us. And then, you know, when we got old enough to work, like I went into the kitchen very early to bake um, desserts and cakes for the cafe because it was like, I was baking loads at home and I was like, oh, I actually really, really like this. And, you know, our father was trying to explain to us that, you know, it is your livelihood if you, lo if you love to do it. Mm -hmm. And if it's your passion, you know, go straight into the kitchen, make me a cake, I'll buy it off you, I'll sell it in the cafe. And then straight away we understood that like it's the like... the commerce of it was yeah, like, we're like from early on. Yeah. This, this could be our livelihood and it's something we feel so passionately about and something that we believe comes so naturally to us, you know? So how did Nutshed come about, about then? Because it was, it was 2014 um, when you kind of officially opened it. But was there a conscious decision that you guys as sisters said, let's go into business together? And, and also, Country Choice isn't necessarily raw foods, right? It, no, the food in Country Choice, it's like, it's a similar ethos. Okay. Do you know? But um, no, it's completely different. It's no, it's traditional, yeah. you know, Irish, hearty food and like beautiful like, pastas and home-baked hams and lovely cheeses and things like that so it's completely different but um our dynamic I think working together though began like if you like really on the shop floor or yeah. uh, doing promotions together in the shop you know like that was us working together but then I guess like 10 11 years ago I started working at festivals so okay. we would sell we kind of took like core ingredients from the shop and went out on the road it was like recession time, yeah. you know, it was how do you survive, get out on the road, promote your business. So we basically set up a stall where we would go around to music festivals, agricultural shows, uh, markets, events, and Evie, Evie did that with me. Mm. So I we was in school when you started. Yeah, yeah Liza was in college I was and I was still in school. college or something, uh, like 19. Uh, Evie was still in school, but we like got the farmer's market stall, got some grills, got some tables, like would pick flowers on the way, like wildflowers and you know, like display the breads and get ready and, and go. And we did that for 10 years and we yeah. could have had maybe like 15 people working with us at some events and... Um, it was great because everyone was kind of like in college at the time. Or jobless. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> it was jobless, a, you know, yeah. It was like 2009, you know, like... Nobody had jobs. No, it was, yeah. a, it was a funny time. So there might have been like 10 people working with us and they were all like our mates who had like just qualified as an engineer or someone yeah. like just starting our college. And it was like, oh, it was the best fun ever yeah it? so, so I guess good. like what we kind of realized was that we were feeding the country and then working like 14 hour days consecutively like it was really really hard going mm. um, and I think we realized that we weren't really looking after ourselves right so I, it kind of at the same time Evie was always still baking and stuff and then I think you were kind of experimenting with different like whole foods and things yeah I had kind of um 
I had left college prematurely. And, That's a great uh, way to put it. <laughs> I, just made it I felt I was ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had started a little stall in the Limerick milk market where we still have our nut shed stall now. Um, and it had no name, it had nothing. It was me uh, on a Saturday so morning. Just a little girl in an apron. Just a little girl in an apron. <laughs> I was probably, I don't know, 22. Um, selling like raw ingredients. So like um, nuts, seeds, whole foods, organic oats, um, and then I was still working the events with Liza. So this was just on a Saturday and I really loved it. And, you know, I loved being behind a counter and I loved talking to people. And then I kind of started making um, what we now know is like nutshed type treats mm. um, for ourselves at home. And then we basically on the road. With yeah, them, we yeah. basically like I started like they call me the shore mom. I don't know, like. Sometimes, sure, mom. mom. Sometimes when you do, uh, we grew up by Locker, <laughs> so it's a sailing reference. Oh, of like, when the one kids mom are has out, to stay. When in. the kids are yeah. out on the water, one mom has to be on on the shore in case like a kid like capsizes or hurts themselves oh, or they're okay, hungry. The so they've got me the mom who looks after everyone basically. Yeah. yeah, and I would make everyone pack lunches. You know, <laughs> when they were going off to like set up and like yeah. to build build a stall at like you know electric picnic or bloom or something mm. like that, and I would put in like hemp and goji bars and beetroot brownies, and then we kind of slowly started realizing like, oh my God, like I have so much energy. Yeah. I feel great. I'm not eating crap. Okay. And it's kind of like, I'm sure you know from queuing up at events and festivals, like when service is there, it's there. Yeah. And like, it's all about your output. You could spend like uh, a month preparing for an event and then it's over in three days. Yeah. So you have like, it's, it's really intense. So the whole thing of like, oh, I'm clocking out now for an hour at lunchtime is not it's on. Not there, no, yeah. it's not like you eat like before and you eat after service. That's the way it is. And yeah. does it, like the service could be six hours, it could be eight, it could be three. Like it, when the it's like make hay when the sun shines. Yeah. So this like this food was like sustaining us throughout those periods. We weren't getting, you know, like if say if you're there and I think anyone who works in a kitchen knows you like run for like a coke or something mm. and you drink that and it gives you a bit of a hit or jelly sugar right, then yeah, half an hour yeah, later yeah, you know yeah, then when you when you don't like you just plummet yeah. after that so we realized that like okay you know sugar levels are good we're like we're staying energized and it was keeping us going so that became like a staple of what we were eating wow so you saw a real effect in your own body and like your own energy levels. Remarkably, yeah. and even like some of the and guys. I'm angry, like, you know, like I would be difficult to work with. If yeah. I'm like hungry, my energy would just like, just I would just be like real sensitive or something and not able to keep focus. Yeah, so, and everyone noticed, yeah. like even like loads of the lads we were working with or even like our dad, you know, everyone. Oh, God, they're such a bitch to work with. No, I'm saying everyone <laughs> noticed like how much energy that they got from the treats. Yeah. It was, it was great. It like, and then, really, yeah. you know, yeah. I was just looking at all these ingredients on the stall. Um, and you have to remember, like back then, we're talking like late 2013, I would have started like the mm. very simple stall. Um, and when I was telling people that the nuts were raw, they were asking me were they safe to eat. Right. Like This is like people, a new language. Like Yeah, and, so yeah. I mean like raw food and the kind of raw food movement is very yeah. much out there now. For sure. And you, yeah. you'd say, I mean, the word trendy is kind of annoying, but like, you know what I mean? Like people are kind yeah. of into it. They've learned a little bit about yeah. them. Yeah. But it's back a new then, thing it, that we've learned about and integrated yeah. into our diets now. Like but back then it was just, why are you giving me raw food? Why won't yeah, you cook so your food? Like, if we were making, I'm not going to be full from this or something. Yeah, yeah. If I was like, Basically, yeah, so we started making um, some of the treats for the stall as a way to explain to people how to use the ingredients, okay. you know. Um, but I'd make a raw brownie with like hemp seeds and goji berries. And like that, yeah, people would ask, was it safe to eat? And you'd explain to them that, um, you know, it was the, the plant in its purest form and everything. Yeah. And then people were kind of very quick to kind of get on board. And, you know, everyone was like starting to buy a lot of whole foods and, um, and nuts and seeds. So they were like really happy to see that kind of product. And then it started as um, maybe two types of raw energy balls a week mm. or brownies. And then it kind of just slowly, slowly edged out on the stall. Yeah. And now there's like a little section of nuts and the rest is just all uh, all raw vegan treats and plant-based treats, yeah. And how do you feel the reaction is now like as the years have gone on I suppose and, and as these kind of um, I suppose raw and vegan type foods have come to the forefront and people are really talking about the benefits that they give you in terms of like 
exactly how you feel. Mm -hmm. Like, not straight away, obviously, yeah. but, like, the change in it. Um, are you a bit like, well, we got there first and we've known about this for years? No, Or no, are no. you very much like, well, this is fantastic? Or also, in terms of, like, trends, like you were mentioning earlier, are you worried that, like, it's going to go away? Or? I, 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 I don't, actually don't think it is going to yeah. go away. Like, like no, people are not going to revert back to eating bad food. Yeah. Or, and now it's like we know we have information. We know what's available. Our diets have changed. We're more interested in what we're eating. We're interested in the stories and the people behind it. Like, like why would that won't go away? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just going to evolve I think, more. I think you can you can look at. I think it's a bit of a shift, mm. you know. Um, and I think you can look at it and you can kind of see some parts of it that might be like trendy or like, hey, that word like Instagrammable, you know, that yeah. kind of way. Um, and I think those things will phase out as much as anything. But I think there's been a really positive shift into like plant-based eating. Mm. Not like strict diets in any way, shape or form, but like just a shift to everyone eating way more plants, understanding how good they are for you, not eating as much rubbish. And just I think- better to yourself during the week. Yeah, yeah that's a big I thing. don't think that's trendy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think there's aspects of it that have become trendy, but I don't think like, eating loads of plants is going to fade away. Yeah, do you if, know? It makes it, if it makes you feel better, then it really shouldn't as well. But do you, do you think like that people are just becoming more um, informed, more conscious, I think? I think people hop on trends, to be honest yeah. with you. And yeah. I think yeah. like you guys growing up in an industry like this and obviously like getting so much knowledge from mm. your parents is you're very equipped, whereby I think people do tend to go, oh, a raw energy ball, awesome, I'm going to take a picture of this, I'm going to put it on yeah. my social media and do this kind of thing, but not necessarily understanding exactly why they're doing it or, or what the benefits what are. What if it tastes good as well? That's but the other see, thing. Now, this is the thing. Yeah. If it tastes good, give me all of it. Do you know? Why not? So, so that's this why it. should you have to compromise? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there should, should be no hardship good. in food. No, do you know for what I mean? sure. And just in case anybody is kind of listening or watching to this and, and they're really interested in finding out more about like raw food and kind of the stuff that you do, can you tell us exactly what the benefits are in, say, not cooking. Do you know what I mean? As in, like, it, it is about keeping the enzymes and, and keeping things in the food, right? So when we're cooking yeah. food, are we getting rid of a huge amount of nutrients, basically? Well, no, I think, I think it depends on the type of food. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, I think a lot of the problem is that people are all or nothing. Yeah. And there's no sustainability in that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, for a person, that's not sustainable to be all or nothing. So I think someone that, like, lives on a diet of meat and two veg and then wakes up one morning and says, I'm going to be a raw vegan. You know, you can't, yeah, you can't do that to yourself. They'll yeah. probably do that for a few months maybe and then yeah. we'll get back. Or like... Yeah, so I think the most important thing that people can adopt is just more plants. Like, don't, I don't think you necessarily have to like make a massive mm. change, you know, eat more raw food. Yes, you're eating in its purest state, but like you need also your like carbohydrates. You need your brown rice, you need yeah. your potatoes, you need all those kind of things, you know, so... I think just, yeah, the general vibe is just eat as many plants as you can. You don't have to cut out anything else if you're not ready to. Yeah. And just, Don't be you so know, hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Take it easy. And maybe, like, if you're going to do something like that, read up on it a little bit and actually learn yeah. about the reasons behind yeah, yeah. why you sure. want to do it yeah. as opposed to for the gram. Yeah. You know? Also, like, you know, Ireland is a very uh, hard place to live in the winter. Do you know what I mean? So if you wake up and you're like, I'm only going to eat raw food, yeah. like it's cold and it's it dark. Cold, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Like, so, yeah. yeah, I think just like take it easy, you know? Absolutely. So tell us now about, so obviously you, you were saying that you started the stall in like 20, 2013, 2014. It didn't yeah. have a name or anything yeah. like that. So what about the name? Was that a kind of an <laughs> aha moment? <laughs> I, it actually, like... It's a funny thing because... We always joke about this because it sounds it, like a really corny lie. There's two things that have come to Evie's, Evie in a dream. <laughs> that was the name of our dog, Panko, and the name of the business, <laughs> Nutshell. Come on! I know, it sounds like <laughs> And it's lie. so bad. We, like, it came to you in a dream. No, no, no. It actually was a whole thing. If she came down, she was like, Nutshell. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hilarious. So, yeah, I know, it's really embarrassing. Um, no, that's great. I mean... <laughs> well, like, it sounds like a lie, first and foremost. <laughs> it's a good lie. If it's a lie, grand. Well, but, you know what? Yeah, good but, for the know, business. Panko backs it up, like, that's yeah. where that name comes Panko. Panko. Like a panko like breadcrumb? Like a dog. Like a panko... Breadcrumb. It's a type like a panko like a prawn or, like, you know... Ah. Yeah, like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but think about she food all very time. cute. So, um, in the dream, were you walking by a nut shed or what was, what oh, was the Oh, no, premise? like, so I couldn't... Um, couldn't figure out a name 
you know, I think often with those kind of things, for ages when you think like, too hard about things, they don't work. Like, and there's so many you. nut puns, and we were like, oh, I they just hate all the nut puns. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you know, we're nuts, like all that kind of stuff. Nuts like, you for hate nuts. it. Like, nuts so, um, are, well, that's not a pun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a nut company. Yeah, so, so like, I we couldn't name it for ages. We just like didn't have a sign, do you know, and like, didn't have a <laughs> name. Even a like, little girl with an apron, just like. <laughs> Liza was like, you're gonna have to start like an Instagram or something soon. I was like, what am I gonna call it? Like, do you know? And then um, we, at one of uh, our other, at one of the events that Liza was doing, uh, we had a little, Concession. A little concession um, that was built out of wood and then didn't really think anything more of it, uh, where we made like, what do we do? They were like um, snack, kind of like harissa and smoked paprika nuts mm. and like rosemary and sea salt and pepper, and they were really, really good. Um, so yeah, I was just like, you know, that state where you're like nearly asleep. I think it's when you're like at your most chill. Yeah. And I was like, not yet. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this will work. Nice. Yeah. And then like had loads of crappy names that I just were like, nah, that's not it. And then the next day I was like, Liza, not yet. She was like, yeah. You're on sure. board yeah, straight away. Yeah. yeah. So we got a sign then very quickly after in. that. <laughs> See, the thing's and bam, we have a business. <laughs> things don't come to you in dreams ever, no? Oh, Liza. probably really stupid things, but no, not really. Like, no, I could just be, I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a daydreamer. She's always chill, that's the thing. Yeah, you know? I'm a daydreamer, so like, I could think of something and then I just have to like write it in my notes or, you know, the, the worst thing, we live together, work together, and I could just start thinking about something at like half 11 about like, Maybe we should do this, or uh, you know, I think we should talk to the accountant about this tomorrow. And Evie's like, it's over. Half like, eleven at night. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's when I oh, think of things yeah. when yeah. I'm in bed, it's really yeah. late, and I, then I'll write yeah. things down, and I won't sleep. Yeah, I'm kind of highly strong anyway, so I find it hard to chill out. So yeah. I'm like, if you start talking to me about the accountant at half eleven at and night, I, I have to really like stop myself. I'm gonna like, wake up a... at four o'clock in the morning and try <laughs> ringing me. Something, there, there's know? a look, you know, and I'm just like, oh shit, like I'm after bringing it up again, or. I'll text you at, you know, at half ten or something about something and you're like, yeah, 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 cool. Let's chat about it tomorrow. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, chat about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about what you brought in and I, basically I just want to have a little look. Yeah, you're hungry. Little, yeah, fine. I'm really hungry. I've been <laughs> hungry fine. this whole time. Um, but let's talk about the future of Nutshed. So what are your aspirations in the years to come? Because like realistically, you know, if you officially had the dream in 2014 mm. um, for the name, it, you know, it hasn't been around that long. Yeah. So we've been wholesaling for like, what, Two, three and a half three years and a half. we've yeah. been wholesaling now. Um, we were kind of like, we kind of wanted to take it slowly okay. and kind of find our feet, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like, I that, think that was a hard thing as well. Like you're watching other people grow really quickly and just out in businesses or you, you can be looking over your shoulder yeah. all the time. And I think we like talked about that, just been like, you no, know, just stay, stay in our lane and make sure like not to do anything that didn't feel right. So we. We have been quite paced, I think. That's yeah. a really good way to be sometimes in business, though, it isn't kind of, it? Sometimes it goes against your kind of instinct, you know. Right, but right. I think you want to be like, I want to be everywhere. Yeah, straight away. Yeah. I want everybody yeah. to have it. Asking you, like, yeah, you know, like comparisons. Mm. Like everyone does that, you know. Like everyone creates comparisons. We're like, that person is just doing so well, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, it sounds like you have like really nice facets to the business yeah. as well. We're lucky enough to like love it. And I think if you, we worked really, really hard for the first while to get a bit of a balance yeah. because as everyone who like has had their own business, whatever knows, like you're working seven day weeks, do you mm -hmm. know? At the start, but we were certain that like, that isn't productive. Those days are gone. Nobody yeah. should we'd, have to work like we'd that. We've also seen like, you know, our, our parents worked in, like, and cons like, you know, they're still working, like they work extremely hard yeah. working in food is a really really hard business like if you don't get in in it to make money yeah. it has to be a love because it's so challenging um our dad always said like when we were kids you know like we we might not have all the money in the world but we'll have the best food in the world like that was the thing Absolutely. so yeah so mm -hmm. i think like our it's so important to learn from other people um and i think we reference our parents a lot because like their 37 years of experience has to be for something. Absolutely. And we, ha you know, we have to be informed by it and learn by it and inspired by it. So like, we know what it takes. Like if we have to work the 14 hours, we will put in the work. But I think you have to think long-term, like what do we want? We want to have a balance in our life. Like mm. want to be happy, 
We want to... So it stunts your creativity when you're Absolutely, working that yeah. hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. Like, if you if you work too hard at something, you are stressed, and yeah. stress stunts creativity. Like, it just does, Well, you know? I always think the big problem with people who are working, like, crazy, crazy hard is that it's, it's always, almost always, to do with something that you're so passionate about. Mm. But the fear is... What if you work so hard right. that that passion goes away? I yeah. think we were talking you know? about, was it Andrea Horan was, that's kind of like something she's been talking about lately yeah. is like people were asking her, like when are you open up more and more tropical popicles or whatever? And she yeah. was like, I have a lovely life. Yeah. I have a great business. I'm really happy. How is that not the epitome of success? Yeah. yeah, people so, are always looking to that expansion and yeah. to what's next. And then you next. feel obligated to fulfill other people's yeah. needs or, or curiosities. So we're taking our time. I think like in terms of our business, like, we're wholesaling and that's going really well and we'd love to expand that further. We started, um, we launched our peanut butter at Bloom last year. Okay. So like we want to get that in as many shops as possible. Yeah. Like, in, in the last couple of months as well, we've um, start, we've kind of got a system in place where we can wholesale anywhere in the country now. Okay. Yeah, so uh, before we used to have to get into the car and deliver it by hand. Um, and it was wow. mostly Dublin was yeah. where we were servicing. Yeah, so now in the last couple of months, um, We've been surfing in Strand Hill and Sligo or... Yeah, yeah, you know, and then down in Skibbereen we have some stuff in O'Neill and then um, Ariosa up in Drawda, Coffee Work Price in Galway, do you know? Yeah. So um, that's been brilliant, do you know? That's just been really good. It's kind of opened up more avenues and it's kind of like, yeah, cafes have an outlet now where they, they need to have those kind of products, yeah. do you know? Um, and a lot of people just don't have the facility to make them in their kitchen, yeah. do you know? Um, yeah, so... I think we definitely like to expand on that more. Yeah, we have like, you know, we we kind of sit with ideas for a while and maybe we should be quicker executing them. <laughs> but like, we do kind of sit with ideas and I suppose the next thing we're hoping uh, to have like a retail product mm. so that you can you can buy like a nut shed in a packet in, yeah. in shops around the country. So that's what we're driving towards. There's a lot of development and planning and, and work that goes into that. But I think like that would be the, the next step, yeah. along with the wholesale expansion and the peanut butter, but just to grow the brand, like that's our kind of Amazing. our dream. Now my mission is to get all of these back over to my desk without anybody stealing them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. So Evie and Eliza, thank you so much Thanks for coming so much in. Thanks so much for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so we are back with Holly Carpenter. So we've pretty much caught up on everything that happened in your early career. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about everything that's going on with you now. So Dancing with the Stars, you just yeah. finished up there a while ago. How was that experience for you? Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, I think like, I absolutely, like the minute I got the call, I was so excited about the challenge because okay. I didn't really have a dancing background at all. Um, so we kind of started preparing for the show in October. Okay. And we kind of obviously had all the days where we were filming the TV ad, filming the promo, shooting the pictures and all of that like kind of fun stuff um and then it kind of my journey on the show was a bit dramatic yeah. because obviously I had been partnered with Curtis we'd yeah. been getting on great we had five weeks of rehearsing under our belt we all broke for Christmas and then, and then on yeah on the day after Stevens' day I got the call to say he had been in an altercation on a night out and was left getting surgery on his leg so yeah. I was just like and I felt terrible he's only 23 dancing yeah. is his life like yeah. I felt sick for him and like you spend like so long each day with one person and when you've never danced with anyone before you gain that trust where you, you fall back and you're kind of going okay he's going to catch me that's yeah. fine so we finally just got to that level and then I was like okay I don't really know what's going to happen now and they're like don't worry we're flying a different dancer over for you so it was just really weird for me, but like obviously I got to meet Trent. He was yeah. lovely. He was Australian, really chilled, lovely guy. Um, but I think that definitely kind of made me a bit nervous yeah. at the start of the show. Well, I mean, it's it's something that like obviously what happened to Curtis was horrific, was yeah. absolutely horrific. And the fact, like you said, you know, he had an injury to his leg. So as a dancer, that's yeah. like the absolute worst thing that could happen. Um, when then everybody kind of realized, you know, that he was going to be okay, and and he spoke out about it and everything. That was great mm. too. But I mean, for you, I suppose, like you are already, you know, contractually in this yeah. show, and then you're going to have to dance live on TV with someone else, yeah, with somebody who you hadn't been training with. Yeah, so that exactly. must have been a bit like. Yeah, Scary. I think we focused so much on my first dance, me and Trent, like my salsa, because I knew I was opening the show, everything mm. like that. So I gave the salsa 100%. And I think I got fives and sixes from the judges, which I was like, okay, that's fine. Middle scores, you can work up from that. And then when we did our next dance, they were saying, you know, you guys don't have that much chemistry. 
And I, I agreed. I was like, you know, we have just met. Yeah. Trend is completely different to Curtis. He's also married, right. which is something I found kind of like, I didn't really know how to act with him. Because with yeah. Curtis, I could like, you know, jump on his back and be like, hey, let's go, like whatever. We were just like mates and yeah. there was no, I could film him and take selfies with him and stuff. But when someone's married and they're very professional, I don't want to ever look like I was flirting with them. And also because yeah. the press are so big into like the strictly curse and stuff. If they, they love thought, that. They, they love it. Like yeah. if I if I did anything, they'd be like, oh, there she is now. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> home record. And I'm like, I haven't done anything. So I was really terrified of that. Okay. So I think that kind of affected me too. But like the experience was amazing. The training was tough. Like yeah. I think when you watch it, you don't realise you train flat out Monday to Friday. No, I know. I was trying to get in touch with yeah. you. And oh, you were yeah. going, like nine to six, nine to six, nine to six. I know. Like proper, proper flat proper, out, full flat days out. of yeah. training. So it was great. Like cardio great like great fun great challenge um, and yeah I was so disappointed to go so early yeah. I wanted like I had tunnel vision that I was going to be in it for the whole month of um, of February at least yeah. so like that was quite difficult you talk about the come down from a show like you go from having your schedule and I've done my fittings for week five, six, seven. I know yeah. my songs and like so invested in it and then suddenly you're sent home you do all the press on Monday and then on Tuesday I was like I don't actually have yeah. any plans for the week. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You feel really like I was beating myself up a lot about it. And I was, yeah. you know, so disappointed that I was kicked off before Curtis got back. Yeah. And it was just a bit of a shit show. So I was just like, right. But then I have to, I'm all about like positive thinking and not beating yourself up and all that. So I was like, you have to practice what you preach. Just okay. get yourself together, whatever. Like, and I think I had been warned going into it that if you're a former model from Dublin, it's going to be harder to get the votes yeah. because people from from Dub, from Dublin don't vote. Women don't vote for women. People yeah. are going to think all the stuff I said before, Asher, look at this one. She's model, la, la, la. So I think I was kind of disappointed as well in a way. God, that's like bad odds against you. I know. You I was kind like, of I, up against it when, I you, know. when you put it out like that. I said like. it to my mum. I was like, I wish I was a gaff player from Kerry. Yeah. And she's like, you don't though. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know if I do, but maybe just for this show. But, I mean, um, it's a fair point. Though. I know, literally. Yeah. I was like, I, I should be a gaff player from Kerry if I want to win. But um, I, <laughs> I was so like, because like I gave up modelling in 2015 yeah. and I've been trying to obviously go back to my design roots, my business and everything yeah. like that. So when we filmed the VT, which is like the whole introduction of how you're introduced to the audience, yeah. we I said, can we film it at a Love Lift shoot? And Love yeah. Lift is my jewellery line. So they were like, yeah, sure. And we filmed it in the studio. I had made up a whole mood board. I did a big interview about the brand and how nice it is to not be modelling anymore yeah. and to be back to my design roots. And they had shots of me like, you know, with all the all the new bits and everything. And then when I watched the show, it was like, hey, I'm Holly. And then it was just this shot of me with a wind machine and me modeling jewelry. You couldn't tell that it was my brand. Oh, God. It looked like I was at a basic photo shoot. Yeah. It looked like I was still modeling, which I don't yeah. anymore. And I was so disappointed. So did you call them out on it? I or? did, yeah. yeah. Oh, straight away, I was like, guys, come on. Like, yeah. I, I said so many times, you know, I don't want to look like I'm just a model. There's nothing wrong with being just a model, but it's something I did from 19 to 25 that I've parked. And you've moved on from yeah. that and you have other things going on. And I was like, I, on, I yeah. want, like people who don't know me to get a better sense of who I am and they're like oh yeah don't worry it's fine like as the show goes on you'll get to do that and all that but I never really felt like I got to yeah. do you know what I mean like so it's just a shame but I think with shows like that you're very typecast like yeah. Peter Stringer is the athlete he's got yeah. the body he's always there with his abs out you've got the model that was obviously me even though yeah. I bloody don't model anymore and then you've got Mairead Ronan who's the mum yeah. and like we were all typecast so it's kind of hard to break the through that yeah. yeah like literally, literally. pretty much by the book yeah and like it's a great show for that reason because yeah. you're sitting at home with your mum your mum's going to love Mairead, your dad's going to love Stringer, the daughter might like me yeah. if she didn't bloody vote for me though, obviously. And then <laughs> whoever else. So like, it's grand, I'm over it now. Yeah. But it was definitely a come down. I was just like, yeah. and obviously then everyone, when I got eliminated, I was so disappointed, which was written all over my face. Yeah. And people on Twitter were like, oh my God, look at her face. Like they were saying that I had a death stare because I was just like, fuck's sake. <laughs> but like, obviously, what do you want me to do? I just got eliminated from a show that I'm having a great time on. Yeah. Do you want me to be smiling, like looking like I'm on I know. ecstasy? Like, I, I don't know what you want. So then people were like, oh my God, she's so ungrateful. She's such a sore loser. And I'm like, in this day and age, we're actually all told to be able to express our emotion, to be open. Yeah. It's okay not to be perfect, just be yourself. And the yeah. minute I do that, like I've done the pageant thing. I wasn't going to go, thank you so much. I'm off. Yeah. Like, it was a bit, a bit annoying. I think that's so funny because like, <laughs> well, it's funny just the way you impersonated your own death stare there I really yeah. like that um, but as well as that like 
obviously everybody was following you guys on Instagram yeah. throughout this journey and it just looked like great crack. That was the biggest thing, you know what I mean? Thing, like yeah. you and Johnny backstage and stuff like it looked like you were just having the absolute yeah. best time as well. So aside from anything like you weren't trying to be a professional dancer. No. You weren't trying to. I wasn't to... trying to join Riverdance or anything like I literally was there yeah. having a ball and like being because when you work for yourself and you're self-employed I spend a lot of time like on my own. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm always driving from A to B. I'm always doing meetings and mm. obviously I go to events and stuff like that but I know that I'm a, like a one-man band really yeah, and like yeah. a lot of us feel like that on the show but we were just this group and you'd have you'd from 9 to 12 you'd dance then you go for breakfast with everyone then you get lunch and then yeah. you, you know like I well, mean routine as well I like know, and sometimes routine, yeah a welcome change I would say from exactly. somebody who's kind of doing their own thing and like you mentioned there your brand and your business so like yeah. 2015 came and you decided to kind of put modeling yeah, to bed I did yeah. and was that something that you had to kind of go to your agents and, and were like See ya. Yeah, basically, I was just like, Do you know what? Something switched in my head. I just was like, I am done with yeah. this. Like, I'm actually so done. Right. Like, obviously, it was great at times, but there's just times where it just, like, it chips away at you. And is this everything from even just being on photo shoots or just working yeah. with different people? And, and just, like, I mean, it's a really friendly industry here compared mm. to, to London, especially how the, all the models treat each other. Yeah. It's so lovely. Everyone's genuinely friends. The hairdressers and all, are all nice and everything. But a few model agents who were just so past remarkable, so rude. And I was like, why am I... It was the same thing like with Al McPherson. I'm like, do you actually expect me to kiss your ass and let you speak to me like that? Because that's yeah. not going to happen. Like, yeah. So I was just like, you know what? I'm actually done with this. I'm going to reassess where I want to be. Yeah. I'm only 25. Like, it's fine. So... You know, I was just like, right, I'm going to go back and think, like, what do, what did I want when I was 18? Mm. And I was like, I wanted to be a designer. I wanted to do that. So, like, that's when I thought of Love Lift. Yeah. And, like, the whole kind of message behind the brand is about, like, positivity and self-love. And yeah. working in the agency, in the, in the industry, I'd seen how hard women are on themselves. Yeah. And, like, it's just ridiculous. It's outrageous. And I know there's pressure on men these days, too. But it's just women need to give themselves bloody breaks. So I wanted it to be something that like made people feel special, reminded them like a nice little positive message and also that was affordable because there's a lot of brands like that but they're 50 euro and above yeah. and I wanted it to be in the pricing, like in the kind of gifting price range where if your friend had a breakup or if it was someone's birthday or if you're in college and you want to wear something on the weekend, yeah. you can afford it and you can pick it up and it's not a massive expense. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And how hard have you found it to like, I mean, you kind of said it there with the Orti um, video type thing that they did. But like, how hard have you found it to kind of, I suppose you don't want to shake it off because modeling is your roots and yeah. that's where you started. But have you found it difficult to kind of be taken seriously as a businesswoman? Oh, yeah. Daily. Really? Yeah. I think that because there's the whole wave of influencers now and you get yeah. to collaborate with brands and stuff and sometimes there's situations where someone will rock up to a photo shoot they'll collaborate with a the brand they'll get paid and it might be a six month contract or a two month contract whatever yeah. and that's cool like people like I've done that before and it's about staying true to yourself and only working with brands you believe in but with Love Lift I'm like I have to hammer home all the time that like it's my company, yeah. I've designed the pieces, I've designed the packaging, I've met with all the stockists, like I'm heavily involved. But people just think like, you know, Asher, she probably rocked up to the photo shoot. She probably doesn't even, you know, yeah. doesn't even care. And so do you, do you get those kind of comments and yeah, stuff? Like, like when you say that, it's it's not just like you're not imagining this. No. Like people actually say these kind of things. Yeah, to you. I remember obviously there was the whole bloggers unveiled thing mm -hmm. back in the back in the day. It was like not even a year ago. Yeah. But that was horrendous because you just Shock see all these comments yeah. Yeah. about yourself. And like I was like my mum was always like, why do you even read them? You mm. know what's true. But um, I think that being a woman in business is hard in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, so it's, it wasn't in my head people were definitely saying it, but I think now people know, you know, and like, whatever, I just have to get a thicker skin with like that kind yeah. of thing. And I mean, like, I always like, and I interview a lot of people who are in your industry yeah. and, you know, I think it's easy to say I'm going to get a thicker skin and I yeah. think it's easy for people who aren't doing what you do to be like, oh, well, you know, but you were knocked off a show, you looked a little bit sad about it and then people gave you a rake people of abuse. People said I had a bad attitude, I was ungrateful, I was a sore loser because I looked unhappy about it, a genuinely disappointing situation. Yeah, so it seems <laughs> I like... I know, you can't do anything right, like sometimes I feel like that, if people have their mind made up about you, that's fine. Yeah. If someone says that I have a bad attitude, it doesn't mean that I have a bad attitude. That's what I have to remember. Like their fact, their what they say isn't yeah. true. And like at the end of the day, like I'm not going to be oversensitive about it. I know that if you want to take the good from the industry, mm -hmm. you have to take the bad too, and that's fine. But um, I just think people could do it being a bit nicer. Yeah. Like. 
I mean, it's a hard graft as well. Essentially, like you know, like you said, when you don't have a routine of a show like that, you yeah. know, you're working for yourself, and you have to kind of get out there and represent your own brand and stuff. Yeah. Um, as well as that, like you're in the public eye, and your personal life is always in the papers yeah. as well. Like you, this this happens to you, and I don't think it's something that necessarily. Like I know it happens to men as well, mm. but like it happened to you with Dancing with the Stars. They were talking about you and Curtis, yeah. and like. Like, do you get so pissed off when that kind of stuff happens? Actually, or yeah. But it seems like you don't, it, it seems like it doesn't affect you. From an outsider's point yeah. of view, it looks like it doesn't affect you. Yeah. And I guess I want to know, like, is it just because it's been going on for so long that it doesn't affect you? Or mm. do you genuinely not care what people think? I've gotten so much better because yeah. it has been since I was 19. Yeah. Um, and, like, I'm 27 now, so it's, it's a good wedge of my life where I have had to deal with this but like I just don't feed the beast yeah. I think if they're looking for a quote I don't give them a quote I don't go on stories on Instagram go oh my god guys this is happening to me I just let it die a yeah. little bit and that's fine like I've gone through full relationships and breakups and looking at my Instagram you would never even know that that right, happened okay. um, you, there might be a few emotional quotes there and you're like okay maybe something's mm -hmm. going on but um, I just think like I kind of try to keep all that private but um what annoys me more is if, say, if they decide to write Holly and Curtis, la, 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 I get paranoid that people think that I'm enjoying it or that I'm feeding this to the press or that nice. I've given this interview. And I, I, I wouldn't do that. So yeah. that's, but then that comes back to just trying not to care what people think, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of almost like a vicious circle because completely. like you, you don't want to care about it too much, but then by not caring about it, you don't want people to think that like you either do care or you don't no, care exactly. about it. Exactly. And obviously because it sounds exhausting. It right? is a little bit yeah. because obviously I have Love Lift. So if somebody from a magazine that I know, I see them at events, they're a journalist, they've helped me out, they've put my pieces in the Christmas yeah. gift guide, they've done shoots at me, and they're like, Look, we need a quote on this, is this true? Yeah. And like a part of me feels guilty because I'm like, Oh, I know this person has helped me out before, but then I'm like, No, because whatever you say you, you can Google it and it's always going to be there. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm really sorry, I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, they'll, my mum's always like, look, they're going to hang up and move on to the next story. They don't really care that much. And like your personal life, you're not getting, you know, it's not like they're saying, yeah. you know, please give us this story. And at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, Angelina Jolie, they're not going to care that much. Yeah, but I think it's it's as well just kind of, like you said yourself, like you obviously have, um, like you've mentioned your mom so many times, so you obviously yeah. have like a great support system in her and you've got a great group of friends as well who all yeah. obviously know about you. Like I read something, I know you're best friends with Rob Kenny and I read something really interesting recently about him. Um, he's in a new relationship and he has been for a while, but like just decided not to put him on any social media yeah. or anything like that. And then he came out and said, well, this is why I decided to do that. It's, it's so it's, true. It's my prerogative it's my life if I want to do that he went through like a rough time before mm -hmm. so I mean I suppose when people choose to do that there is a certain amount of respect as well yeah. that you have to give you that. definitely and also I think like I was seeing someone last summer and I felt like it's not actually just my decision mm. I can't go do you know what I'm actually going to start talking about him because maybe he doesn't want the attention yeah and like you have to respect that other people aren't used to it like I can walk into yeah. a big event and I see everyone and do the pictures and stand there on my own and get an Instagram shot and do all this stuff and some one of my friends will be like how do you do that yeah. like I'd be way too anxious and like it's so loud in here there's so many people and there's yeah. pictures but things like that don't make me anxious no. but then I might have a day where like I'm having a really anxious day and the thought of going in somewhere and getting a coffee I'm like, oh, I just can't. Yeah. You know, so we all have our own little triggers that like, Absolutely. whatever, like, I don't know, it's so weird. Whenever I'm having like a day where I'm really stressed, I'm so sensitive to noise. And you know, in coffee shops where they bang the grinder, yeah. I have to leave. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I can't do this. <laughs> and then someone's walking slow in front of you and you're like, for I know, sake. I'm like, no. And then when all these things are happening, I'm realizing that it's actually just me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. obviously I'm, because other days I'm just strolling along, I don't really care. Like, yeah. But yeah, back to Rob and, and Shane, he's a lovely guy and yeah. like, they're so cute. And obviously I, I live with Rob, so. Yeah. Um, it's nice it's great that I like Shane because that would be awkward absolutely yeah, yeah it was nice that he did that and like you know um, but the papers always want a story they always want to know if you're single and now that I'm I've noticed a big change now that I am 27 and I'm not 21 or 22 oh. they're like oh you're single oh and how is that yeah that changes like, like when you're fine. like it seemed to change I remember for me anyway it was like the moment you get into kind of 26 27 yeah. range it's like 
oh, you're single, as yeah. opposed to like, you're single. It's not like, like woo, it's yeah. like, oh. I know. I'm like, it's still fine. You, always, you, you get like, <laughs> I'll just show me. You get like the little kind of head tilt is like, oh. Yeah, like, are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine. But um, I mean, I go through waves with that. Like sometimes you'll yeah. see like a really cute couple. Like I was watching first dates last night and I was like, this is so cute. <laughs> um, but then other times you just go out and you're like, I don't have someone calling me going, where are you? What time are you going to be home? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Like I can do my own thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think now that Rob's all loved up, I'm kind of like, oh, that looks nice. Like they're all in a blanket yeah. watching Netflix, and I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> just falling in the middle. He's like, oh, she's <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, there was a while there as well when you were doing really funny things. Um, you were like putting up on your story just gas things that were happening to you on Tinder, and oh, I yeah. found I found it so funny. Just like, yeah. the, well, the first off. I think there's a bunch of people who take your pictures. Yeah. Like there's probably like a, a hundred or more Holly Carpenter. I've just accepted it now. Yeah, but like do they get sent to you a lot as well? Yeah, yeah. they do. But like I remember there was quite a serious situation where I don't know why I'm laughing because someone was using my pictures and they had been talking to a guy for literally three months pretending to be me. Oh my God. And they had given him a mobile number and been chatting away to him, getting really personal. Like he was telling them loads he about their life. He thought he was dating Holly he Carpenter. He thought that we were dating. And then he messaged me on Facebook and goes, like he messaged me three times on Facebook, but I didn't answer. And he goes, why do you always text me back straight away? But when I DM you on Facebook, you don't reply. I was like, I've never texted you in my life. Don't know who you are. And he's like, what? So this gets even weirder. Oh my God, catfish. This catfish that. was making fake nudes of me. So what? she was photoshopping my head onto naked bodies and like the only reason you'd know it wasn't me is bodies were unreal. Like the girl had like massive <laughs> fake boobs and stuff. I was like, no one's going to believe that's me. I was like, it's fine. Handful's enough. But I was like, <laughs> that's really not okay. So no, then, Jesus. No. And then I was thinking, God, like I'm working with like Breast Cancer Ireland and working yeah. with all these charities. If this comes out that I'm like, you know. I was, how did you find this out? It were, was this from that well, guy? Yeah, that guy. But then I was like, then he was... I thought maybe this is him. Yeah. I don't know. And so I went to the guards. I was like, look, the location is Cork. This is the mobile number. These are the images they've made of me. Yeah. La la la. They're like, it's nothing we can really do. I was like, why? And they're like, literally, they're not really like harassing you or anything. I said, but this is really could be damaging to my career and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And there's, for whatever way the laws are, there's nothing they could do. That's crazy. So now when people send it to me, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, I, there's nothing I can do. I don't want to get stressed about it. Like, yeah. it's, it's not me. I don't know, but sometimes it's like Claire, 27 from Cork, and it's like my pictures. I'm like, I just don't get it. But Tinder's tragic. Like, I always delete it <laughs> and then I get it back again. Yeah, I was like that when I was single. I would be like, Monday to Friday, I hate Tinder, I hate yeah. Tinder. And then like maybe on a Sunday night. You're kind of like, Neh. Like, no intentions of going on no, a date. it's just like kind of just, going on ASOS. Yeah. I'm just like... I wish you could have like delivery like I'm like you know the way when you're when you're <laughs> you no know, you know when you're making a burrito bowl you're like will I have salsa will I have chicken bit of guac like you could put that much detail into tinder because yeah. then it would get rid of like so many people like you're literally like this is the height this is like the attributes because they don't really do that obviously it's no. just like location and age that's yeah. pretty much it and I don't know I know that like a lot of people meet on tinder and it works out yeah it does seem to well it, it works for some people I don't know but I mean I never had like the best experiences but I do think it's kind of to each their own but yeah. um yeah not like funny tragic i love no, that word um so before i let you go because we've been chatting for a while and i know you've got things to do mm -hmm. you're probably going to go to the gym which i'm not because you're wearing gym pants yeah. i'm jealous if i didn't wear them in i wouldn't go so yeah. i was like i know i just don't bring my stuff with me well, so i just yeah, never like, go oops yeah. yeah um so tell me what's next then for you so do you have any like big plans coming up um, i mean obviously like dancing with the stars was really yeah. recently as well so like what's the future for love lift as well as for yourself yeah well love lift is growing we're in the airport now which just something that Amazing. was a big goal for me last year so yeah. yeah we're in the airport we're in different stockists around and the handbag collection we brought out sold out before Christmas so yeah. that's something that I want to bring out again like more handbags all of that we're back looking at you know Christmas of this year and stuff like that's that already crazy, and stuff yeah. like that um, and then the final Dancing with the Stars is at the end of the month so I'll be back dancing with Curtis and that and yeah I just want to like keep going and just mm. I think I was kind of going oh what am I doing what am I doing but it's nice to have when you get these breaks from like you kind of get to reassess yeah. so at the moment I'm just back in the gym like losing the weight that I gained after I stopped dancing with the stars <laughs> which, like, which makes sense oh, yeah. and um, you mentioned acting as well recently yeah, I'd so really like love acting that. is something that you want to explore yeah like I think I have a lot of emotions <laughs> that I could use like a channel into something more like acting but yeah there's yeah. a lot of I did do a course in the gaiety school before and stuff like that so I think you know just acting would be cool like you said routine meeting new people yeah. new skills so 
that's something I'm looking into, but um, never know. Well, that's exciting. Well, Holly Carpenter, thank you so much for joining us. It's Thanks been an absolute me. pleasure. That is all the time that we have for this week. Thank you so much to Holly, and thank you as well to Eliza and Evie of Nutshed. Don't forget to like and subscribe on all your podcast apps as well, and we'll chat to you next week.